1: To a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all across the Sports Grid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live right here on this Tuesday, all across the grid. A special Tuesday program coming your way with some technological advances live right here on TMA, coming in just a few. Moments. We are going to go all around the association. It was a busy day in the NFL offseason, and today on this Tuesday, it is the deadline to put the franchise tag on any member of your roster you would like. What that will mean for the rest of the offseason as we focus on the quarterbacks Daniel Jones, potentially a tag for the New York Giants, and what will the Baltimore Ravens do with Lamar Jackson? Of course. It is conference championship week in college basketball. More tickets punched to the big dance last night in the field of 68 in the NCAA tournament. We have college hoops games starting at 1130 a.m. Eastern time. We bring you to 11 a.m. Eastern time live right here on a Tuesday on the morning after. A Monday night around the association where the Boston Celtics are a little bit of a slide they had lost three of four games last week including a double overtime affair against the new york knicks where the knicks won their ninth straight basketball game and the celtics went down double overtime to back that up with the second leg of a back-to-back on the road last night in cleveland a tall order for boston and because of that there was no jason tatum last night for the Seas, no Robert Williams Robbie will either or Al Horford so the Celtics entered last night's game against the Cavaliers as a seven and a half point underdog but they had an opportunity at the end of regulation tied ball game Grant Williams walks to the charity stripe Donovan Mitchell tries to talk a little smack get into Grant's head Grant looks at him and says I'm gonna make both I'm gonna make both of these free throws to just win the game in a tied basketball game at that point He didn't make both, he missed both, and we go to overtime in the land where the Cavs pull away for a 118-114 victory last night against the boston celtics so now the seas have lost four of their last five games on a three-game skid and officially trailed the Milwaukee bucks by two games in the eastern conference standings a big night for that man that talked a little smack to grant williams ahead of those potential game winning free throw attempts as donovan mitchell scores 40 points for the second straight game against the boston celtics as he also put up 40 last week in a meeting against the Seas, but Boston ultimately won that game. It's their only win in this five-game recent slide. Darius Garland just barely under, but the second-year big man Evan Mowgli, 25 big ones for the Cavs last night. Jalen Brown did play for Boston. He was their leading scorer with 32 points, and Malcolm Brogdon had 24 more off the bench, but a big victory for the Cavaliers in Boston on a slide, a 3 game skin as you look at the eastern conference standings like we mentioned the bucks have a two game advantage now over the boston celtics but in terms of those conference odds out east they really haven't shifted all that much the Cs are still the favorites but now just by 15 cents it was plus 115 at the beginning of this week for boston plus 185 for milwaukee that distinction is growing smaller and smaller now As we look at things around the Eastern Conference, a little bit of a drop-off there in the prices, as you saw, to the Philadelphia 76ers at plus 750 with that third-best number. We'll recap a big game for Joel Embiid in just a moment. But first, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the opening hour of a Tuesday, live on the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. The Philadelphia 76ers on the road last night, in indianapolis as a six point favorite and a total of 234 and a half that really never stood a chance as philly gets a huge road victory and i mean huge just from the amount of points scored in the basketball game 147 143 last night in indianapolis joel Embiid goes off 42 points for jojo 20 assists for James Harden falling just one rebound shy of a twenty dime triple double as he also added in 14 points and Tyrese Maxey getting the start scored 24 as well. He goes way over his points prop. Did Joel Embiid last night? His numbers have been booked consistently at 32 and a half. He scored 42 last night. As you look at the MVP odds, still in the association, Nikola Jokic, a heavy odds-on favorite, a minus. 360 number to win his third consecutive most valuable player in the nba and that's where Jokic remains the denver nuggets back home in the mile high city where they have had a ton of success this season and they get a victory last night over the toronto raptors 118 113 for the Denver Nuggets. They have a strong advantage currently in the Western Conference standings, upping their lead over Memphis between that one and two spot to a 7 game lead. Nikola Jokic did not record a triple-double. Only the third time in his last 11 games that Nikola Jokic has failed to record a triple-double. He is favored to do so, or was last night, at a minus-125 number. So it's Denver with a seven-game lead over the Memphis Grizzlies, who currently occupy that second spot. But keep an eye on the Sacramento Kings. Another victory last night, like that purple beam high up into the sky in California's capital, as Sacramento now just trails the Memphis Grizzlies by a half game for that second spot in the Western Conference, a 15-point victory for the Kings last night at home. They cover as a five, five-and-a-half-point favorite as well. We're going to have some fun here on this Tuesday on the morning after. Up next, live right here on Sports. Welcome back to A Tuesday, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. I'm Ben Stevens. That is Kevin Walsh, sitting right next to me, live right here in our Manhattan studios inside Sports Grid on this Tuesday on the morning after. Okay, Dubs, normally on Tuesdays, we're together it's mm-hmm. a tangy Tuesday but we're never in studio like this it brings me back to our college football day days together as well
2: yeah delightful times man I mean should we slander Will Levis a little bit here? <laughs> really get the, the energy back I mean do a little best bet section here someone asked Joe Lisi if he thinks the matchup will be one inside the, the trench Just...
1: biz, the painter <laughs> I
2: mean someone's got to be able to make it happen man look excited to be here uh as always Uh, You know, a little time off. Uh, You got to be back right here with my guy. Happy to have it.
1: I mean, it's great to be here so close to each other. It does feel strange, but I'm glad to have you here. and Kevin, as you all know. The most important time of the sports calendar is right now, at least that's how I feel. A Monday in college basketball, a huge portion of this conference tournament slate. And Kev, although a mid-major, the West Coast Conference really isn't when you have two top 20 teams with Gonzaga inside the top 10 of the recent AP poll and St. Mary's also checking in inside the top 20. They finally get into the action in the WCC tourney yesterday because of how weirdly that bracket shakes out. Gonzaga pulls away from San Francisco late. It will be Gonzaga and St. Mary's. The Zags and the Gales in the WCC tournament final tonight after Gonzaga picks up a double-digit victory yesterday against the Dons. So
2: the one thing for me with Gonzaga is I remember as... Guys are leaving the recruiting class, because that was kind of a big change over the past couple of years. Yeah. Jalen Suggs comes in, Chet Hungren comes in, it's like, oh, Gonzaga's not going to do the incredible veterans plus the five-star thing. Well, that stopped. Yeah. Man, you'd think they'd take a step back, but it's all relative. Gonzaga mm-hmm. goes from the best team in college basketball mm-hmm. to now the 10th best team in college basketball. But And I know everybody doesn't want to treat Ken Palm like a Bible. It's not a Bible, but it's a great guiding source here. Good resource, yeah. St. is 7th. Mm-hmm. St. Mary's is in front of Gonzaga. They split their two games together. And I think if St. Mary's gets this win here tonight, now they don't have the same resume as Gonzaga because, and again, this is where Gonzaga does deserve that credit is they always beef up out of conference as much as they can because they know they need to. Their goal is not ever making the tournament. Their goal is to be a one seed in the tournament. They'll they'll fall short of that. Anyway, my point is, when St. Mary's win here, I I know it's maybe you're using too much of a three-game sample size, but I think it's more than that. I think it would be fair to say that is a better team then Gonzaga, and maybe more importantly, big picture, Ben, does the WCC
1: have two true national championship contenders? St. Mary's style of play, a slow tempo, one of the top 10 most efficient defenses in all of college basketball. Mm -hmm. When I look at this game tonight, a two and a half point spread in favor of the Zags, it makes sense. Mark Few's team has won three consecutive WCC tournament titles, nine of the last 10, 20 of the 35 in the history of this league. But when you look at the way these two teams play, Gonzaga is still one of the most efficient offenses in all of college basketball. They like to push the pace. It has been the staple of their offensive scheme now for the greater part of the last decade. St. Mary's slows it down, focuses more on the defensive side of the Mm -hmm. football. Aiden Mahaney, the outstanding freshman for the Gales, put that on display last night in the big victory over BYU, kev i focus on the total tonight it's 138 and a half for this game between saint mary's and gonzaga i think the barometer for saint mary's to win as a short underdog outright is to keep the zags below 70 points if they do that i think it favors saint mary's in a huge component this evening
2: look the thing with gonzaga though is their ability to fill it up in short spaces is and what i mean is in short spans of times yesterday that that san francisco game you're looking at it We're 12 minutes or eight minutes in, I should say, 12 left at 25 points. What is even going on here with this team? And they are, by Ken Palm, the number one offense in college basketball, which from just how I would look to attack this game, I'm tempted by the St. Mary's team total. Gonzaga's pace is so fast. Obviously, they're opposite. Where I think that St. Mary's almost has a more secure floor relative to the team total. Mm -hmm. Gonzaga's ask is so far above what St. Mary's allows that I might feel a little more secure going with St. Mary's. But a big offensive performance last night here and trying to attack that game this way.
1: A top 50 pace in terms of how Gonzaga likes to play. The Mm -hmm. fifth slowest tempo in all of college basketball. For St. Mary's. Kev, the final AP poll following the end of the regular season came out yesterday. Houston remains the number one team in the country. UCLA up a couple of spots to number two in all of the country, as the Bruins will look to make some headwaves through the Pac 12 tournament to claim a seed on that one line for the NCAA tournament. Creighton back in the top 25, Missouri back in the top 25, and Duke. Finds it this way inside the top 25 for the most recent AP poll following the end of the regular season. So now, Kev, we take that and we move forward to what Selection Sunday, just five days away, might look like. I think there is going to be a battle between five teams for that one line. Houston, Alabama, and Kansas really seem like they are on that one line entering conference championship week. I think that fourth and final spot, will be a battle between Purdue and UCLA. Kev, how do you see the one line shaking out come Selection Sunday?
2: Yeah, I think the interesting thing is, is Kansas getting a bump for being the reigning champs, do we think? Yes. I Because I, cause I it, it does, right, yes. I feel like they are getting thrown in that conversation, as you just did there, with, with them and Houston. But I don't know if all the numbers back, back that up specifically there. I, it, And it's so funny because I can tell you, right, oh, I think it's Purdue, or oh, I think it's UCLA. Or, all these teams can't win their conference tournament though no i just it's just the odds are so heavily against that correct right that whichever team ultimately is not able to cross that finish line you would think now what it gets interesting if it happens for a number of them though Mm -hmm. right ucla is gonna have to play arizona again it most pop most likely Mm -hmm. that's hard the big 10 tournament is not built for purdue to run through it we know that to be so and look the big 12 as good as as everyone says the big 12 is it should not be easy then for kansas to win their conference tournament
1: I mean look at the odds for the Big 12 specifically Kansas has the longest price relative to the other four teams we are discussing here to win their conference tournament the Jayhawks at plus 250. KU is still the favorite to win the Big 12 conference tournament but it's only a 50 cent distinction between KU and the team that just beat them Mm -hmm. to end the regular season in Texas and knowing how stacked that league is seven or eight teams really could be in the field of 68 for the NCAA tournament it is going to be difficult Houston controls their own destiny a minus 320 favorite to win the american a heavy odds-on favorite to do that alabama the favorite in a competitive sec but kev you're right about the big 10 it is going to be as up in the air as any conference tournament you will find and although purdue is the favorite and the only team with a less than two dollar price it is no guarantee just because they are the favorite team to win the big 10 tournament they will actually accomplish that feat
2: and then though just to bring alabama in now as you said they've probably already done enough to secure themselves a one seed but alabama was heavily in the news week or two ago. It's obviously the Brandon Miller situation, and the South Carolina game plays out. Brandon Miller, otherworldly, forty-one points, and it's like, wow, what a performance by him! an well, overtime with South Carolina. That was an ugly performance. They don't cover against Arkansas at home. They go to overtime with Auburn, and again, it's they're all congrats. You know, it's it's a credit to win a game. It's tough. I get that. They have not covered a number since the Brandon Miller situation has happened, mm-hmm. and I know it's. You know, not the easiest transition to take that very real situation and bring it into what we do. But when you're trying to evaluate Alabama and the level of basketball that they've been playing, they've been under the standard now for five consecutive or four consecutive basketball games here. They're, so they might not need to go as far as these other teams that we're talking about here in their tournament. But for what we're probably looking for in terms of trusting this team, people, whether it's putting futures down and filling out a bracket, how far you want to push Alabama along. Yeah. We're, if we're not covering numbers, we're below expectations, and that means you might be right for the picking.
1: Kev, as we look at Conference Championship Week, here's a couple of teams that I think everybody deserves to keep an eye on with their price to win their conference tournament and how it could be reflected in their odds to win a national championship after the bracket is revealed on Sunday. Connecticut is on an absolute tear right now. They have won five straight, eight of the last nine. They enter the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden as the favorite to win the Big East Conference tournament. TCU, a 6-1 to one price to win the Big 12. Kansas State has been one of the best cover teams in the country, yet the odds don't really keep up with the Wildcats because they have so overperformed on expectation. And again, with the idea the Big 10 tournament is going to be absolute chaos this week in Chicago Keep an eye on the Illini. At their best, Illinois can play with anybody in the country. Kevin Walsh is here. We'll talk about the NFL offseason up next on The Morning App.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: This time of year. there is always so much to discuss in the world of basketball. Conference championship week in college hoops with selection Sunday now just five days away. The stretch run of the NBA regular season. And believe me, live right here on a Tuesday on the morning after inside the sports grid studio. Together, it's Kevin Walsh and Ben Stevens. We'll touch on the NBA in just a little bit. But Kev, a big day in the National Football League offseason. Yesterday with some yeah. big signings around the league with the main offseason storyline being a focus on the quarterbacks. And even further today when it is deadline day to put a franchise or transition tag on a member of your roster in your organization. Let's go back to yesterday. First and foremost, we brought you the breaking news here on the morning after in the final couple minutes of yesterday's show. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr has signed a deal to become the new quarterback in New Orleans and here is what the actual monetary numbers will play out to be which is big because New Orleans has some cap issues a four year deal for Derek Carr worth $150 million with about $100 million guaranteed but the way the deal is brokered Kev they are able to get out of it after two years which does help their cap scenario because right now New Orleans has the third worst cap in the National Football League minus 24 million dollars in terms of that cap but let's start with the signing for Derek Carr how much do you think Carr himself at the quarterback spot upgrades the New Orleans Saints massively
2: and I don't know how anyone could disagree last year seven and ten the year before that nine and eight your quarterbacks were Jameis Trevor Simeon Andy Dalton Ian Book stepped in Notre Dame great yeah Taysom Hill not even a quarterback I mean That is, even if you're a low man on Derek Carr, you couldn't be foolish enough to suggest that this is a lateral move. It's a massive upgrade for this football team. And I know last year was a down year. The completion percentage sees about eight percentage points knocked off of it. Yards per attempt drops nearly a full yard. But that was a season that stopped a four-year run of 4,000-plus yards four years in a row. I have a bigger sample size of Derek Carr being an above-average quarterback in this league than anybody that's out there that's a detractor has of Mm -hmm. him being a below-average quarterback. In this league. So, this is obviously a big move. And then you talk about what Derek Carr walks into. I, what are the odds that this is the best defense he's ever had behind him? A, a thousand? A, the, you know, a it, thousand percent. Right? This is a team that was eighth last year in DVOA on the defensive side of the ball and a fucking down year for them. And yep. that was the year prior. They were third overall. And as far as the skill position players go, Devonte special, no doubt. Him play with Darren Waller or Hunter Renfro really at all last yep. season. Alave looked special. Michael Thomas still probably has some juice left to him. And Alvin Kamara, we'll see how many games he plays. But not a soul alive would have ranked Josh Jacobs in front of Alvin Kamara heading into last season. So even if you think Jacobs is now held in higher regard, I'm not sure he's better than Alvin Kamara. This is a Saints team where you look right now at the pieces around Carr and the quarterback play that they had
1: had. How does this not push this team up a couple of tiers? Absolutely so. Kev, let's focus on Derek Carr here because throughout this offseason, you and I have spoken about where Derek Carr fits in the 32 possible NFL starting quarterbacks. And then we put that to the side a little bit when Derek Carr was released by the Raiders, pretty much saying wherever Derek Carr landed, whether it was the Jets, whether it was somewhere in the NFC South, Mm -hmm. he would elevate that roster because he was an upgrade at the quarterback spot for all of these potentially available teams. Now let's look back. Derek Carr over 4,800 passing yards in 2021 second most Mm -hmm. in the National Football League but did have 14 interceptions his second consecutive year of 14 interceptions last year in 2022 one thing you can say about Derek Carr he has been reliable in his nine years in the National Football League has played and started in all 142 games he has been out there he was benched after week 16 last year by the Raiders Kev he's only missed four potential starts the entirety of of his nine-year NFL tenure so let's have the Derek Carr conversation where do you rank Derek Carr among NFL starting quarterbacks look he's, he's
2: easily inside the top half of the league I probably should take some time to sit down and give you a firmer number yeah. on that I'll tell you this definitively better than Daniel Jones mm-hmm. I mean without any hesitation yep the, the Derek Carr interception stuff I feel like it's almost been the Daniel Jones crowd trying to pump that up because now their biggest defense, of course for their quarterback, who they maybe are going to pay today, maybe not, is, oh, well, he didn't throw picks. First of all, he threw nine interceptions in his last five games in a Raider uniform. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not a positive. The point is, the year unraveled. That, and also, he threw the same number of picks as Josh Allen. Yeah. Relax, all right? It's, it's okay. We can deal with some picks, throw me some touchdowns, throw me a ton of yards, and we can make things work here. I think Derek Carr has the ability to be one of the 12 best quarterbacks in this league. And... It, it also winning elevates the position. We know that mm-hmm. even if we, we should did not in quarterback, you know, wins is not a QB statistic. We know that, but he, my point is Daniel Jones gets elevated because of the team, obviously having success. Jimmy Garoppolo has been wildly <laughs> a useless quarterback who nobody should make a franchise quarterback. Obviously what a disgraceful decision that would be for any organization being injury prone and terrible. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is of course, my My point
1: is, if Derek Carr gets here with the Saints and wins 11 games,
2: there's not going to be a soul alive that thinks he's not one of the 12 best quarterbacks in football.
1: And, Kev, we only have one win total out right now for the 2023 Mm -hmm. NFL season. You cheeky folks at the FanDuel Sportsbook giving us a a 9.5 with the over having the juice for the New Orleans Saints. Kev, we all said that wherever Derek Carr ended up, he could have gone to Carolina, Atlanta maybe even Tampa Bay he ends in New Orleans whatever team he went to in the abysmal NFC South from last year would become the favorite New Orleans is the favorite Mm -hmm. to win the NFC South a plus 120 number they are 11 to 1 tied for the fourth best odds to win the NFC championship at this point in the offseason what do you think the outlook the ceiling is for the Saints in 2023 I would,
2: they're going to be able to contend for the NFC. I would say right now, I guess, because it's hard. We're doing this on March 7th. So what am I going to say? Oh, they're, I got them winning the Super Bowl. No, we're not, we're not, we're not there yet with all of this. I will say, I thought their odds would be stronger to win the South and plus 120. Mm. They are, no exaggeration, no hyperbole, the only team who's starting quarterback we know in this division. Mm-hmm. Which then made me realize why the number is actually not as strong as I thought it would be. Even if, when you kind of divvy up the, Percentage of what's the most likely outcome for each of these teams here. There's still a sliver for all three, being Atlanta, Tampa, and Carolina, where they get a good quarterback. To come in their room, yeah. whether that's a Lamar deal, whether that's a massive you know move with inside the draft. If Carolina goes up, right, rocks of the world, they bring in Bryce Young. Yeah, that's going to move their odds favorably. So I think that's why these numbers are being held back. When the dust settles, yeah. that plus 120 number might be gone, and it might be minus 120, a strong, a stronger number. It wouldn't surprise me there because it's very possible that the gap between Carr and the next quarterback in this conference is massive or division excuse me
1: it is massive though again this is deadline day in the national football league where you have until this afternoon to place the franchise tag or transition tag or non-exclusive tag perhaps hello eric da costa the baltimore ravens on a franchise player we thought that might be the case kev for the seattle seahawks they say no they ink a contract extension with geno smith Three years, $105 million, following Geno Smith winning comeback player of the year in the National Football League in 2022, having a career season. What is your reaction to the move that Seattle extends Geno Smith? So I think what happens is we kind of, something already seems so likely to be
2: done that maybe we don't question it. Geno, how many times have we heard people kind of even combat the idea of Geno being in Seattle, right? We've all accepted it. And that's probably a problem. At the end of the day, Geno Smith had himself a great year. Mm-hmm. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, top 10 in yards. Yep. And they were 9-8. and eight. The only team really that they were impressive against was the Giants. I guess the Chargers, but that was kind of during their odd period yeah. of the season. They were nowhere near the level of the upper echelon of this league. And it's just the timeline is so far off. We thought that this Seattle year was going to be filled with losses. Yeah. And forget Geno. It was going to lead to Pete Carroll being moved on from. Mm-hmm. And they were going to draft a new quarterback. Well, now we're just more Pete Carroll, more Geno Smith. And the the thing that I think they're missing out on is so often young quarterbacks come into this league and we go, hey, can we get them some help? And it's not the easiest thing to do, right? A.J. Brown gets a world of credit for because he gets to come in and he elevates Jalen Hurts. And we we know that there's, you know, Stephon Diggs, what he did for Josh Allen. Any quarterback that would have landed in Seattle have been like, wait a minute, hold on now. DK and Tyler Lott. You got to yeah. be, and Kenneth Walker. I got a running game that I can work with here as well. What a glorious situation that would have been for a CJ Stroud or an Anthony Richardson. So that's where I feel like Seattle, it bringing back Geno for
1: a year yeah.
2: and letting a kid get his feet wet probably would have made more sense timeline-wise.
1: It will be fascinating now to see what Seattle does in the NFL draft. They own the fifth overall pick, uh-huh. knowing how many teams in the top 10 need a quarterback and might try to answer that question with an early first round selection, is Seattle now shipping away that draft pick? And Kev, to your point, it's all about Mm. expectation, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I love what we do. Seattle entered this year, tied for the third lowest win total in the National Football League prior to 2022. It was five and a half because they so overexceeded that expectation. Becoming a playoff team, being in contention for the NFC West, I also think boosts the stock of Geno Smith from this past year as well. Yeah, it certainly boosted the stock, but here is the problem. We're at this point in the calendar
2: when a lot of our outlooks on teams ends up being copy and paste. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, I don't know, I'm clear the Giants are gonna be competitive the Giants are gonna be competitive. What do you mean? What do you mean? Are you sure? We didn't <laughs> think they were gonna be competitive last year. Oh, whatever, All right, they got genos, so they're gonna win about, you know, nine, yeah. ten games. Are, are they? Are we sure they're gonna win nine ten games? And the same goes down the other direction. the All NFC South is terrible. Are you sure? These things change yearly. So you lock in Geno Smith, and I won't be surprised if the team wins five, six games next year because that's the ebbs and flows of this league. People thought that the Indianapolis Colts had an opportunity to have home field advantage in the entirety of the AFC because of how bad the division was. They won four football games. So locking yourself in to what was by league standard... An
1: average season is probably a mistake. Speaking of the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars get Calvin Ridley reinstated by the National Football League this or after being suspended the entirety of last year. When you think about Calvin Ridley, he's a wonderful wide receiver. And the Jaguars, an odds on favorite to win the AFC South
0: division. Time for the
1: NBA up next.
0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Yes, here we are, still live together in studio on this tangy Tuesday on the morning after. It is OK Dubs. That is Kevin Walsh, and I am Ben Stevens. It is the time to go around the association, Kev. The stretch run of this NBA regular season. 15 to 17 games left in the regular season to determine postseason positioning. And we all have questions. He answers those questions right now in Buy or Sell. <laughs> Kev, we were in Phoenix together during Super Bowl week, and you were the second most important Kevin in the state of Arizona. I'm sorry to say. Kevin Durant was traded to the Phoenix Suns ahead of the NBA trade deadline, and when that happened, they vaulted up the board to become the Western Conference favorite to win the conference championship and represent the West in the NBA championship. So far, three games with Kevin Durant on the floor, The Suns are a perfect 3-0. KD scored 37 in Sunday's game against the Dallas Mavericks. And the question, Kev, was how would D-Book and CP and DeAndre Ayton all factor into this offensive scheme now with Kevin Durant in the rotation? Devin Booker, at least, has scored 35 or more points in all three of the games playing alongside Kevin Durant. So, Kev, when we look back on this huge blockbuster trade ahead of the NBA trade deadline, the buy or sell question to you is this. Kevin Durant to the Suns is the best oh trade acquisition in NBA history. Buy or sell?
2: I'm not. Yes, yeah, sell. No, 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 no. So they're in season. I don't. No, 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 no. They okay. won three games. Okay. One of them was against the Hornets. That doesn't count. That's not even
1: a real basketball. They did team. cover as a double-digit favorite on the road.
2: No, and they did. Yeah. And the Hornets still don't count. Mm. That's not even a real team. Okay. I'm t- listen. You line that you line that team up against mm. the, the boys out there in the Sports Grid Summer Team, and they, a, they might have a couple a, things to deal with there. I tell you that <laughs> right now. Kelly Oubre gets physical with my dog B-Rod, and I am flying. Look, I they things have been have been obviously great, but also and, and they played on the road. I understand all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not the NFL where it's like who oh, they played, but they've only played three games. Yeah. The, Dallas is the only team that you look at as. A team with respect, and maybe not. They stink. They stink mm. bad. But my, my point is, I can't, best in history, I know it's, oh, take a chance to be bold. We don't do that until seasons end and banners are hung. Right. I, so, because because even then when that happens, then we have to start trying to really think about things. Yeah. And I, I know the, the fellow, and they do a great job of this stuff, right? Yeah. But I, I imagine this hurt Shames to put together because I believe Kevin Garnett was traded for. Kevin Garnett won a championship and was massively important to the Boston Celtics. So Mm -hmm. things have to be finalized before we get there. With KD.
1: All right, so a quick then follow up as we look at those NBA championship odds. The Celtics on a slide. They have lost three straight, four of their last five. We mm-hmm. have now have co favorites to win the NBA championship. The Bucks, who have a two game lead over the Celtics in the Eastern Conference, plus three twenty. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix is a dollar and forty cents behind with a plus four sixty number. Kev, is Phoenix then, at least right now, the deserving favorite to represent the West in the NBA finals?
2: Yeah, I think so, because nobody believes in, in Denver like that. Mm-hmm. And that, the MVP stuff, we can trickle all the way down. I have Phoenix being there. It's it's This is from a pure betting angle. The Suns have been a contender for a long time and then added Kevin Durant. So I have no problem with them being the favorite. It'd be different... If the warriors were 46 and 19 or if the clippers were 46 and 19 but denver's just not a team that people trust and so i have no issue with phoenix holding down that spot
1: the nuggets 30 and 4 at home this season after a five-point victory last night yeah. against the toronto raptors on the other side of that equation mikhail bridges was shipped from phoenix to brooklyn in the kevin durant deal and with the new look nets He's been sensational, nearly averaging over 26 points yeah. per game. A huge uptick in his production, as Kev, you would expect when he now becomes the lead guy for the Brooklyn Nets. Buy or sell, Mikhail Bridges will be an NBA All-Star next season. Yeah, with I'll Brooklyn.
2: take that. Eastern Conference is light in, in terms of All-Stars. He's going to have that opportunity with the workload there. And let's just push this a step further, though. When they traded, when the, when the Nets said this, did they do the best job? Most likely not. But as far as Mikael Bridges goes... I think he can be the second best player on a championship team. Mm. And that's not a, a light thing to say. Paul George today goes viral a little bit from saying, I probably can't be the best player on a championship team. Now, a bit of a cop out there yeah. from PG, as this is a guy that has got a top three MVP finish on the resume and the dollar sign say, brother, well, huh? yeah. right, let's figure that out, <laughs> huh? All right. So, And the other guy's not going to be there that often, so you might need to be, shout out <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so my, my thing with, with Bridges is, as the... He is getting an uptick in responsibility and volume, and he's taking it in stride. Yeah. His two highest career scoring games have come in Brooklyn Nets uniform, mm-hmm. and we know the defense is excellent. So th- the Nets might have themselves a true cornerstone piece here, which always you were going to hope to get back at a Kevin Durant trade. They might have, I think they have done that.
1: The Nets lost four straight following the All-Star break. They have now rattled off two straight wins. They're on a slight slide, though, in those Eastern Conference standings. Now in that sixth spot, trying to hold on to stay out of the Eastern Conference play-in tournament. A team on the rise? That would be the New York Knicks. Winners of nine straight games and in Boston on Sunday night. Double overtime, a career high for IQ. Emmanuel quickly, 38 points. He did get the start. But he is now a co-favorite to an NBA Sixth Man of the Year. Minus 110 for IQ, right alongside a member of those Boston Celtics, Malcolm Brogdon, who is also minus 110. Kev, you see the odds movement here on your screen for Emmanuel Quickly to win Sixth Man of the Year. Buy or sell to you now, as he is a co-favorite. Emmanuel Quickly will win Sixth Man of the Year in the NBA.
2: I'll buy that. I think the momentum is on his side. But let me just say, this is why this award maybe more than any I don't get as caught up in mm-hmm. the signature game if he does win this award will be this one right here 38 points 55 minutes in Boston then he started the game yeah the the six the six man of the year thing is not great it's not great it is what it is we kind of know the game right and it's not that 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 uh-huh. is it doesn't kind of have you know more of an uptick in Boston whatever it might be but quickly, like, I saw someone say Westbrook's hit the qualifier of games you need to come off of the bench to win six-man of the year, and he's going to only start the rest, the rest of, the of the way man, in the yeah. Clippers. Who cares? Who cares? like You're not a six-man of the year if you're starting the seven, you know, 35% of your games. So I, I think IQ has just so much momentum right now, and this is one of those awards where, because people don't care about it that much, yeah in November, in December, that it's what have you done for me lately? Well, IQ has been a part of this Knicks resurgence now and look, this is a team that's gone over their win total, by the way. Yeah. Right? So, shout out to people that thought that was a good bet. So, I I just, I I think IQ right now has a lot of momentum and it's going to be hard to stop.
1: At this point last week, New York was 55-1 to to win the Eastern Conference. They are now 27-1, to nearly $30 of movement in that price getting shorter for the Knicks. Cleveland did win last night at home in overtime against the Celtics. Grant Williams missed free throw kevin walsh would ever miss two back-to-back free throws with the game on the line in that sports grid rec league in the summer the knicks though trail the cleveland cavaliers by a game and a half for that fourth spot in the eastern conference ever important as you can host a playoff series the dallas mavericks kevin walsh as we go back to the western conference have lost five of seven games with luca and kyrie on the floor at the same time including that game on sunday At home against the Phoenix Suns as a two-point home underdog. So, as we now play buy or sell, Kevin Walsh, buy or sell? The Dallas Mavericks will win a playoff game is what it says here. I think playoff series might be the better question.
2: Well, so if you take it for what it says, though, of playoff game. True play-in tournament. Right? Excuse me. If if the playoff, if they get in the play-in, Luka gets that trust. And if they get in a series... Luca gets that trust. You always will expect him to grab one. before it has anything to do with Kyrie Irving, right? The fact that we are here mm-hmm. seven games after they've played each other and the buy or sell is not the Mavericks should be favored to the West or the Mavericks are the most dangerous team in the West or the Mavericks... It's, hey, think they're going to win a playoff game? This isn't. This is bad. This is bad. They are the Russell Westbrook Bradley Beale Wizards for those for people that remember those teams they just the totals were 250 and a half yep. literally and they both have great statistical performances but it was nothing all that threatening this is not a scary team the pre-reck for them competing is going out there and them both having 30 plus nonsense It's like oh man what a win against the Sixers Yes but also they had to combine for 80. And then we just did it at the same thing again against the Suns, but here's the thing. Yeah, the Suns went off, and the Sixers went off, but so did the Pacers, and so did the Timberwolves, and so did the Kings, Mm -hmm. and so did any team they will see. They made a move to get Kyrie in the building, but they did not ultimately have enough time to make moves to make this a complete roster. They need to move heaven and earth to keep Kyrie there this summer and then they need to move heaven and earth again to fill out the rest of this roster that's not a contender in Dallas
1: Kev they beat the Philadelphia 76ers on Friday night it was that matchup of the two duos in Dallas when you had Joel Embiid and James Harden on one side Mm -hmm. against Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving they won 133-126 they gave up 130 points to the Phoenix Suns we had Kirk Henderson from MavsMoneyball.com on the show last week he goes the biggest concern I have and the reason I think the Mavericks are in a worse spot now as opposed to prior to the Kyrie Irving deal is because they can't defend anybody. And that is going to rear its ugly head as we get closer to the postseason. You saw those odds. They are still eight to one to win the Western Conference, tied for the fifth best price currently, but they are a half game out of emerging from the Western Conference playing tournament.
2: I I don't know if we have any Lakers coming up. Usually when I'm when I'm in here, we do. If if, if we don't, but let me know, but let me just let me just say this. There is no argument that they are better than the Lakers. And the only reason that their number is shorter is because there's a lot more confidence that they're going to make it. And that has to do with health, and I get all of that. There is, I I will not, there's no way there are people out there that would tell me they're better than the Lakers. They don't have a better duo. They don't have a better roster. They're not
1: better than the Lakers. So they're eight to one, terrible number, don't touch it, don't touch it. When they acquired Kyrie Irving, and a lot has happened in the West since they even got that. Kevin Durant traded to Phoenix. They were plus 550. Their prices moved back by $2.5 mm. $2. Mm. $2. to win the Western Conference Championship. Nothing about LeBron, per se, or the Lakers, mm. per se, but how about LeBron's son? Bronny James, a high school senior about to embark on college, whatever his decision might eventually be. There was a mock draft done, Kevin, not for 2023, but when he is eligible for the NBA draft following one year of college basketball at this moment in 2024, where the ESPN mock draft had Bronny James as a top 10 pick toward the Orlando Magic, and LeBron has reiterated his desire constantly to play with Bronny when he becomes NBA eligible. So buy or sell Kevin Walsh, Ronnie James will be an NBA lottery draft pick in 2024. I'm going to buy that, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I know some
2: people saw this mock draft mm. and thought, oh, wow, how undeserving. Some people said he's not even
1: top 30 in his own class.
2: Yeah, no, and, and some people said, wow, he hasn't even played in high school, in college yet, how oh, could Jesus. you be in this mock draft of exclusively high school players? And right. People people say a lot of crazy things. They do. Here is the thing about that mock draft. That mock draft was not done by me lebron some random publication it was done by one of two people that have the most credibility in this space the other one it was done by jonathan gavoni the other one is mike schmidt who now works with the blazers who is gavoni's partner jonathan gavoni was not getting paid by lebron or espn to put Bronny in that spot because this is his reputation it's what he does for a living he would not do that lightly so I'm not, who cares my take? A lot of you folks got takes on a kid you've never watched play basketball and you're embarrassing yourselves. Mm -hmm. Gavoni tells me he's a top 10 pick. He has the greatest genes you could imagine. Yeah, I'll take my chance he's a lottery pick.
1: He still has one more year to develop when he gets to college. And there's also the LeBron James component that he wants to play with Bronny. We round out the opening hour up next.
0: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
1: Opening hour live on this Tuesday on the morning after on Sportsgrid. But we've been live here in studio together. Okay, Dubs, but you know how we finish off every first hour of every edition of the morning after, certainly on a tangy Tuesday. It is time to hear from you now that Derek Carr is the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints organization. We do that in Fade the Public. So, okay, Dubs, now with Derek Carr in the driver's seat, (laughs) will the New Orleans Saints win the NFC South Divisional crown? Simple answers: yes or no. no. The yes, a majority of the vote at 54% at Sports Grid TV on Twitter. The no, 46%. Kev, I know you cannot get over that incredible pun that I just issued right there. Derek Carr in the driver's seat, but are you fading the public? Nope. That's probably how we're going to end the opening <laughs> no, hour. Man, no, no. I,
2: I am not. I, I think that the Saints are in a very, very good position with Derek Carr. Yeah. But I am leaving open the possibility of another team in this division trying to make an aggressive move at the quarterback position, which is why I think their plus 120 number that currently sits out there makes sense. But again, how who would be bold enough right now to give you another pick and it not come with, well, I like Carolina because they're going to do exit quarterback, yeah. right? Nobody has a quarterback in their current locker room that you're taking to win the division unless they went to Cincinnati.
1: Some people feel that Carolina and Indianapolis are going to be the two teams most eager to trade up sure. for a quarterback in the top 10 of the NFL draft. The Saints are favored to make the postseason, minus 162, tied for the fourth shortest price to win the NFC championship as well at 11 to one didn't you miss my corny jokes live in person together? I just
2: really rocked my <laughs> world, man. But uh, um, what an don't honor. Don't tell to be Big back. Con's
1: about that, Con. If you're listening, yeah, don't Stephen worry Scott, about Stephen, the end ben of that Stephen opening Stephen out. Stephen Scott. Yeah, he would really not appreciate you know? that. Hey, kind of fun. I'll miss you. I would be very lonely. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> right. Hour number two next. <laughs>